Hey folks, Pastor Peter here. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in to Between the Lines. Uh, it's been a while since I've used this thing. I think I still remember how, so hopefully this will come out loud and clear. But most importantly, I hope that it'll be helpful to you. Uh, the topic of this particular podcast on Between the Lines has to do with a sermon that I preached on Sunday, February 18th. I preached a sermon on the sanctity of human life, and there were some additional points of application that I wanted to bring up. I'll quickly recap the sermon for you. If you're looking for it on our website, unfortunately, you're not going to be able to find it, because at least at this time, we've decided not to put it online. I made some very specific application and used a specific illustration uh, as with regards to our church family. That could perhaps put some of our cross-cultural countries, excuse me, our cross-cultural workers at risk. And so we decided that it would be best to, at least at this time, not to put it online. However, we do make it available to our church family uh, by way of CD. So if you're interested in that, contact our church office at office at graceky.org. That's the email address. Or give us a call at 859 371 7880. And if you're part of our church family, we'd be happy to help you get your hands on a copy of the sermon. And we're also looking at options for maybe being able to do some helpful editing and uh, put it online in a way that would be helpful to people but not put our cross-cultural workers at risk. So we'll keep you posted if that does work out. But for the time being, I'll recap the sermon really fast and take us up to the point of application that I'd like to speak on now. So we started out by looking at the scriptures in the book of Genesis, reminding us that human beings uh, are created in God's image, women and men are created in God's likeness, and that we as people are completely separate from the rest of creation, uh, and that we are sacred, and that's because that's the way God designed us. Uh, we then moved on to look at the fact that personhood starts in the womb, and we see that throughout several different scriptures. Personhood isn't something that's achieved at birth, but is actually something that is attributed to us long before we would have ever been formed. God had a plan for us. God knew who we were. Uh, and more than just having a plan for us, he says he knew us. So there was personhood that you can find in the womb. We unpack that a little bit. We then spoke about people with disabilities, reminding us that God creates those with disabilities, and he does so for his glory, and he does so uh, in order that he might receive glory through their life. And I referenced a couple of different scriptures. Uh, Exodus 4 reminds us that God creates the lame, the mute, the deaf, the blind. Um, he says that when he's speaking to Moses, when Moses is doubting whether he can serve him because he can hardly speak, um, publicly at least. We also looked at John chapter 9, at the man born blind, when people asked, uh, who sinned, this man or his parents? And uh, Jesus said, uh, well, it's not that this man or his parents sinned, but that the works of God might be displayed in him, reminding us that um, God can display his works and his glory through people with disabilities that he creates that way. People who are disabled are not defected. Then we also looked at different scriptures to remind us that it is God and God alone who appoints our time of death. For us to take that into our own hands, for people at the beginning of their lives in the womb, or even at the end of their lives uh, as they are approaching death, when we look at the whole issue of physician-assisted suicide, that's not our prerogative. We leave that to the Lord and the Lord alone, and we let people live a life that glorifies Him and pleases Him from the womb to the tomb, the time of their natural death. But then at that point, we took a halftime application pause, if you will, and I, one of the things that I said very briefly by way of application was that I believe that you should vote 
pro-life. And what I mean by that is you should vote pro-life specifically for those who are unborn. And now my wife suggested that I not speak more about that in the sermon, only really because the sermon was long enough as it is, and she thought you can get that information online elsewhere. Well, she's right, and now you can get it online here as well, because I wanted to podcast it because I get a lot of discussion about this, particularly around election time. People will ask me questions about it, so I figured I would share my thoughts, take them for what they're worth, take them for what you paid for them. Sometimes people will ask me or tell me that I am a single-issue voter. Um, And they hear that I have never voted for a candidate, nor will I ever vote for a candidate who does not stand up for the preborn, who does not uh, stand up for the voiceless and stand against abortion. And that is true. Um, So when people ask or tell me that I'm a single issue voter, uh, they are probably both right and wrong. Um, uh, here's, Here's why. I think there's at least two types of single issue voters, and I'd like you to consider that. Um, and I'm not a political science major, nor do I play one on TV, but let me drop some poli-sci terms on you right now for you to consider. Some people vote based on single-issue sufficiency. Single-issue sufficiency means all I care about is where you stand on this one issue, and boom, you have my vote. It doesn't matter about anything else. It doesn't matter about your character. I'm not looking at the rest of your resume. All I have is one question. Where do you stand on my favorite issue? So for me, people would think that that's how I vote because all I would care about is where people stand when it comes to the uh, sanctity of human life in the womb, and boom, they have my vote. That's actually not me. However, I am not, while I don't vote based on single-issue sufficiency, I would say I am someone who is single-issue dispositive. Single-issue dispositive is different in that in order for me to consider voting for you, I need to know where you stand on this one single issue. Once you stand where I believe you should stand and in a place that I believe is best for our country and is most honoring to the Lord, then I will consider voting for you. But please note, just because you are pro-life for those who are pre-born, that doesn't necessarily mean that you'll get my vote. I think there are lots of people who are staunchly pro-life when it comes to the unborn who shouldn't be in the White House. I'm one of those people for crying out loud. Uh, I've, I've, I'm desperately passionate to save those who are pre-born and to uh, show that they have value and dignity and that they shouldn't be murdered at all. But I still shouldn't be your president. There's nothing on my resume that says I should be your president. I haven't been trained. I don't have that experience at this point in my life. But I am pro-life when it comes to the unborn. So I'm an example of somebody who uh, stands in the, in a, obviously has the same perspective on the sanctity of human life for the unborn that I think they should have, um, but also shouldn't be president. That's single-issue dispositive. So I will only consider somebody, I will only consider voting for somebody if they uh, believe in the sanctity of human life from the womb, uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they will get my vote. So there's two types of single-issue voters. Once again, there's single-issue sufficient. Uh, That is not how I vote. But there is single-issue dispositive, and that is how I have voted and, Lord willing, how I will always vote. Now, this brings up another point that I plan on addressing in my next podcast when I do post it, and that is this. In my sermon, I extended the sanctity of human life to where I biblically think it should be. I think it refers not just to those in the womb, but to those from the womb to the tomb and at every aspect in between. In other words, it's easy to be anti-abortion in a sense. It's easy to focus on the one issue you're against, but what are you for? If you are for the sanctity of human life, we're quite frankly not at liberty to allow our care, our concern, and our love for those to stop 
at the womb. And many times the pro-choice, we'll look at people who are pro-choice and say, how come all you care about is people who are outside of the womb? They'll lob one back at us and say, yeah, how come the only people you care about are the ones who are in the womb? Because on the one hand, you're unbelievably pro-life when it comes to those who are in the womb, but you want to shoot immigrants. You don't give a rip about refugees. You don't care about human trafficking. The the, The homeless person you'll walk right on by, et cetera, et cetera. And I know that everybody comes at that from a different perspective, but I think it's at least a question worth thinking through. The sanctity of human life extends to all people from womb to tomb and at every aspect in between. So here's the question. What do you do when you typically can't get all of that in one candidate? Because typically, when you get somebody who's passionate about the pre-born, they're usually not as passionate, sadly, about those who have other issues within the sanctity of human life, uh, such as people who are immigrants or people who are needy or people who are homeless or helpless or refugees who also deserve care and attention and time and love. Oftentimes, people who are passionate about the pre-born aren't exactly as passionate about those people. On the flip side, usually it's those people who are passionate about making sure that refugees find hope and help and safety and making sure that immigrants are treated as human beings. They don't think the same thing for the unborn. So we're in a quandary, in a sense, when to vote for one, you're essentially voting against the other. So what do you do as somebody who wants to be consistently pro-life? Well, I'm not going to address that here, but hopefully you'll tune back in. I'll address that in my next podcast. And so until then, may God bless you and keep you as you continue to consider these things. May he give you wisdom and insight and compassion and discernment as we seek to be like him as we think through these important issues full of grace and truth. 